Before we begin our next episode, I would like to offer all of our listeners two free book downloads on Amazon. I have written two children's books, and I would like to share them with you absolutely free from April 5th to April 9th. The links will be in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. The first children's book is called Bear Can't Sleep and is primarily focused on helping little ones get to sleep. The other is called Penelope Bovine Dreams Big, which is a funny, whimsical book about a cow whose goal is to jump over the moon. It's aimed at children from 5 to 12. Remember, you can find links to these free books in our show notes and on our Facebook page. As a thank you, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review on Amazon. Thank you so much. On November 3rd, 2018, Tamla Horsford attended an adult-only sleepover party at her friend's house in Forsyth County, Georgia. The next day, she was discovered on her stomach, face down on the lawn, unresponsive. From the initial discovery of her body, the 911 call, to the investigation, there have been many questions surrounding the case, even though, according to police, it has been solved and the case closed. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 5, Episode 6. What happened to Tamla Horsford? Tamla Horsford was a single black female and mother of five who was invited to attend an adult-only sleepover party in which a birthday, football, drinking, and pajamas were the evening highlights. She was the only black female among nine guests, not including Tamla. Homeowner John Myers and her boyfriend Jose Barrera were hosting the party that came to end just after midnight. Jose Barrera said he was the last one to see Tamla alive and indicated that everyone had gone to bed, but he believed Tamla was still in the kitchen drinking. Jose said he did not know Tamla and said he did not even know her name, but decided to leave the woman in his own house unaccompanied and most likely intoxicated. Jose Barrera said he went to an upstairs bedroom to sleep. The next morning, no one had noticed that Tamla had not gone to a bedroom to sleep, nor was she crashed on the sofa. Most of the pajama-clad adults got dressed and left the house, not noticing that on the lawn lay Tamla. That morning, Jean Myers' aunt noticed that there was a body on their lawn. Instead of alerting anyone, investigating the obviously injured woman or even calling 911, she said she fell to her knees and began to pray. Hours after the discovery of the body, and with no one checking on her welfare, a pulse, or providing at the very least assistance to a friend, Jean called 911. As she fumbles on the phone to provide details, she passes the phone to her boyfriend, Jose Barrera. Here is the 911 call. Listen closely, as we will go into detail about this call and discuss its contents. Forsyth County, 911. Hi, yes, I need an ambulance and a place to my home. What's the address? 4450 Woodlake Court. 4450 Woodlake? Woodlake. Woodlet, okay. All right, 4450 Woodlet Court. What is your name? My name is John Myers, J-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, and your phone number is 609.
Yes. Okay, what's going on? Um, we had people over last night when we were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking, and we just went out, outside, and she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like me. I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. Okay. Is she breathing? I, I don't know. I don't know if she's face down. Okay. How old is she? At 41. Here, hold on. Hey, this is Jose Barrera. Hey, have y'all checked to see if she's breathing? She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, okay. I just tried to assess her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Do you know if she, um, um, do you see any blood or anything? Where she are you there? I am. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not, I was outside. It's okay. I'm not sure what happened to Alana for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where, from where she fell? Um, I, I, I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely face down. Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If, if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she, okay. One minute. Uh. I'm completely not sure. Okay, and that's the only blood that you would see? That's what I can see without moving her over. I haven't okay. seen her face. Um, do you know if she? Um, do you know if she was suicidal at all? I have no clue. I've met her one other time. Um, you know, like my girlfriend said, people were over last night. <clears throat> um, just we were had. She was her birthday party. We we're not the woman that we believe to be deceased, but it's my girlfriend's birthday party. Instead of having everybody go out, she had everyone stay in, and she was the last. One I saw before everybody, I mean, everybody was typically put off to bed. She was the last one in the kitchen. She was just either waiting around for a ride or waiting until the morning. Okay. How far is the, um, where she would have fell from, how far is the deck from the ground? Um, I would probably say... Maybe 20 feet. Okay. You know, 20 feet from where your feet would be on the railing. The railing itself is maybe three and a half, four feet. Okay. And what is her name? Uh, I know her name. We call her Tam. I'm assuming that's short for Tammy or Tamra. Was she there with anyone else? Uh, your name is Tam Horsford, H-O-R-S-F-O-R-D, so the black female. Um, I don't believe anybody was. Uh, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check. Okay. That I think would have caught the incident if she fell from here. 
again, I, I, true, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say if she fell from from the deck or if she was already downstairs. She was the only poacher on here, and I'm sorry. There's a lot of information. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. So you think she's popped right. out um, smoking? Yeah, she was. She was the only smoker. I mean, I'm I'm on the back deck right now, and you know, cigarette lighter, that type of thing are out here. Um, okay. And I'm just trying to see where it's going. I don't want to risk my came from. Okay. All right. Um, have are all the people that were there last night? Are they still at your house? Okay. Okay, there are four people that were here last night that are no longer here. Okay. And they just left this morning or they leave last night? Uh, do you know roughly what time each of them left? Uh, we, we, we can check. I mean, she's got an alarm system that gives alerts when the doors are open on her phone. Okay. But I would. I think the last time that I personally saw Tam was probably about one in the morning before I'd gone upstairs to bed. Okay. And and at that point, she was the only one in the kitchen. I know. Okay. Let me see where the everybody is. I have one um, deputy that's about to pull into your subdivision. So I'll stay on the phone with you just for a minute. Um, is this going to be around back? Is that the way he needs to go? Right. So we, um, when he pulls up to the residence, uh, there will be one 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 car in the street, four in the downtown. And does he need to come and go through the house, or does he need to walk around the back? Um, they they can go around to the to the side. I'm going to grab my shoes, and then I'll direct them when I get here. No, it, it, it'll be easier for them because she's laying in the yard down, you know, basically on the patio downstairs. Okay. Uh, I have one that should be pulling up. Do you see him outside? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let you go then. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Bye. At the beginning of the call, Jean asks for an ambulance, but later we discovered they believed she was already dead. There is no urgency in her voice. It is as if she knows Tamla is simply not passed out drunk or even simply injured from a fall. She indicates to the operator that they had an overnight party, there was drinking, and most of the party goers went to bed, but Tamla remained on the balcony, and now she is laying face down in the yard. She says she must have fallen off the balcony. The guess ends in a higher tone, like a question, rather than providing a fact. 
She indicates she is stiff, giving us indication that she or someone must have went to the body and physically examined it. She fumbles around with answering the questions about if she is still breathing, but then answers the question about Tamla's age. The phone then gets passed on to Jose Barrera, the boyfriend and homeowner. Jose says he tried to assess her, but she is not moving, she is laying face down and is stiff. The operator wants to know if she is still breathing, as laying down with your face in the grass is not the best situation if you are still clinging to life and trying to breathe. Jose asks for a moment. At this time, there is fumbling of the phone and people talking in the background. The publicly made 911 is muted at this point for reasons unknown. Jose comes back on and says he is not sure if she is breathing. The operator says, is that the only blood you can see? Giving us indication of what perhaps was omitted from the muted part of the 911 call. He indicates that that is all he can see without moving her over. The operator asks if she was suicidal and he indicates he has no clue that he doesn't even know her and he only met her one other time. He clears his throat and continues to repeat what he believes his girlfriend has said. He says it was his girlfriend's birthday party and had everyone stay instead of going out. He indicates he saw her last in the kitchen and everyone else had gone to bed. When asked how far the deck is off the ground where they believe she fell from, he says it is about 20 feet. The deck, according to the investigation, puts it at 16 feet, with four of those, the guardrail surrounding the deck. When asked her name, he says they call her Tam, short for Tamra or Tammy. He then gets the proper name from someone in the background and provides it to the operator. He indicates now that there are security cameras on the back deck that they can check. Then suddenly he changes his mind and says it is hard to say if she fell from the deck or was already downstairs on the grass when she fell over and died. He doesn't mention the cameras again. He then indicates that four of the party attendees are no longer at the house and had gone home. When asked when the people left, he indicates they have an alarm system that indicates when the doors are opened and closed. He guesses that the last time he saw her was about 1 a.m. before he went to bed. For some reason, he left an apparent intoxicated woman, who he doesn't know, alone in his kitchen while he retired for bed. He did not ask if she is getting a ride or if she needs a ride home, or even, hey, why not just crash on the sofa? The operator then says a deputy is on the way, and is asking what is the best way to enter the subdivision. Here, he indicates he is going to get his shoes and meet them outside. This is interesting, because earlier, when prompted to check on Tamla to see if she is still breathing, he did not need to get on his shoes. Did he even go to check Tamla, or did he already know she was not breathing? The 911 call ends when the deputy arrives on scene. Tamla Horsford, mother of five, was found dead. Her death did not even make the news, and residents living in the neighborhood didn't even know about the tragedy until Jose Barrera was fired from his workplace. Media picked up the story of Tamla's death when they learned that Jose Barrera, an employee at the Forsyth Courthouse, was caught by security officers accessing files related to Tamla's death investigation. He was particularly interested in the findings of the police officers in regards to what they believe happened and who, if anyone, they suspected of foul play. 
What is even more disturbing, it is reported that he accessed information about Michelle Graves and her family. Michelle was a friend of Tamla's and was vocal about providing a full and accurate investigation into Tamla's death. As a result, Jose Barrero was fired. According to persons at the party, everyone was drinking, but no one was intoxicated. They indicate that Tamla was drinking also, but she did not seem drunk at all. According to the toxology report, Tamla's blood alcohol was 0.23, and she had both Xanax and THC in her system. The police report indicates that she had both rolling papers and marijuana in the bag she brought to the house. When police arrived when the 911 call was placed, they noticed Tamla had visible injuries. Her wrist appeared swollen and broken, and her shins scraped. She was dead upon arrival. The official autopsy report was recently made public, and Tamla's friends and family are investigating this aspect. From the official coroner's report, we learned that Tamla suffered blunt force injuries, including a broken neck, a subdural hematoma, and a torn heart muscle. According to her friends and family that witnessed the body, they indicated several bruises and injuries to her face, neck, and body. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office has released the investigative report and declared that Tamla Horsford case closed. But her family has retained a lawyer and wants answers. The homeowners, Jean and Jose, have also obtained a lawyer and currently have their home on the market to sell. I want the truth of what's going on because, I mean, the stories I've heard so far, none of them make sense. Horsford's husband, Leander Horsford, told the Forsyth County News. And if they don't make sense, usually there's a reason they don't make sense. However, three separate government entities had their hands on this investigation. Forsyth County Major Crimes Unit, the Forsyth County Coroner's Office, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. Each of them indicated that no foul play had occurred and the death was an accident. Now, many have pointed out that the Forsyth County has a history and a notoriety of being racist. It is true that Tamla was the only person of color at the party, but she was also invited to the party, and in video is seen laughing, talking, and singing with her fellow moms, making race perhaps an improbable motive. A medical examiner noted that Horsford had suffered injuries over her body, prompting calls for further investigation. It's impossible to get the injuries that she had from one fall, her friend Michelle Graves said. Attorney Ralph Fernandez is representing Tamla Horsford's family and has obtained the entire case file and is going over every detail. The case file includes previously unseen photos of the backyard where partygoers found Horsford's body and transcriptions of interviews with witnesses, including the homeowners. What jumps out in this case is there are some inconsistencies in the initial statements that were made by individuals at the scene, Fernandez says. Furthermore, when we look at the witness, interviews, and statements, investigators seem to have done them in a group, compromising the integrity of the investigation. Investigator Emmy Christian indicates that when he arrived and was being briefed by Lieutenant S. Spriggs, that the homeowner her boyfriend, and aunt were sitting at the table working on their statements. 
In this officer's notes, he indicated he recognized Jose Barrera as an employee as a felony probation agent for the county. And not only did the investigators know Jose Barrera, they were also offered gift cards from the homeowners, according to Mike Pechenek, a journalist with WSB-TV. The investigators said they could not take the gifts as it would look very strange, but then took them and gave them to their children. Investigators were then communicating about whether or not they felt comfortable with the statement that Tamla died of an accidental fall. When Dr. Kopenmeyer of the GBI Medical Examiner's Office stated he was comfortable, they closed the case without any further investigation. Terry Blanco, sister-in-law to Tamla Horsford, asked why Horsford's shoes and cigarette butts weren't collected and tested, asserting that evidence could have been overlooked. Even when she has the most she could have, she's never ever fallen down, Blanco said. We all know Tammy, and none of this makes sense. The balcony in which Tamla supposedly fell from was 12 feet from the ground, and the railing was 4 feet high. The height of the railing makes it extremely difficult to fall over, even when trying especially for someone Tamla's height of just 5 foot 5. She weighed 156 pounds, making it again unconvincing that she simply fell over the railing. Tamla's family believes something else happened that night, perhaps an assault, perhaps sexually motivated, and perhaps someone pushed her off the balcony either to harm her or to stage an accidental death. Blanco has also said that the family has ordered a second autopsy done privately out of the state because they, quote, don't trust the system in Forsyth County. In my personal opinion, I think the investigation has been mishandled. Tamla's husband said. That's just my personal opinion because there's a lot of things that were left back that should not have been left back. Security logs show that the garage doors, front doors, and back doors were opened throughout the night. What's curious, though, is the security footage from the video cameras was never produced or even investigated upon. When the case was exposed on social media, the homeowners and those attending the party started to receive death threats because people believed they were somehow involved in the murder of Tamla. The group, including the homeowners, filed a lawsuit against Michelle Graves, who was, and still is, very outspoken about the possibility of a murder and a cover-up. Graves told the Forsyth County News, I state nothing but factual information, which was verified after reading case file obtained through open records, she says. I stand strong behind my statement that these people know what happened, and if they were not directly involved, they have not come forward with the truth. She also stated that similar claims against her had been previously been dismissed in lower courts. Court records show that a temporary protective order case made by Jean Myers against Graves was dismissed in November of 2018. This is nothing more than another intimidation tactic on their part, Graves said to the newspapers. These people caused this negative attention by having a party where someone lost their life. The lawsuit is currently ongoing. The case remains a mystery and is still debated on social media sites where wild speculation, rumor, and fact all intermingle. 
The family is raising funds through a GoFundMe campaign to reopen the investigation. For some, this is a tragic accident. To others, it remains a mystery still to be solved. Thank you for listening, and remember to download your free books from Amazon. The links will be made in the show notes and our Facebook page. As a thank you, please consider leaving a review on Amazon. I hope your little ones enjoy the free books. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.